Hey, Bonnie, we don't do cold opens for uh, special movie shows. Oh, my God. Remind me, no. do we do cold opens on the, on the special movie shows? No, we don't do cold opens at all. It doesn't matter whether it's a special show or, by the way, an unspecial show. <laughs> my question is, if we're not doing one for the special show, what, what keeps the audience, what grabs them? Well, I don't know. That's a good question. We got to have a grabber. Oh, we've got to have a grabber. Uh, wait a minute. I have an idea for a grabber. I have an anvil. Uh, it's a 100-pound <laughs> anvil uh, on a pulley over my head. Hold, hold on a minute. No, this is the bad kind of idea thing that we were talking about. Don't do what? that. <laughs> the cats don't come in this room, so don't worry about that. Hold on. I just got to pull this don't. lever. Wait. Oh. Oh. I think we got the audience. That's all I care about. Oh. I Let told me. you guys we weren't going to have a cold open. Yeah. Yeah. I, sh I will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this is all for nothing. Uh, Let's go. I think I I think I have to call it ambulance. You guys go ahead. All right. I'll start the show. <laughs> I, I got to get some ice. Hold on. I got to. Oh. Coming to you live from our houses in Los Angeles, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, should you go see the new movie Where the Crawdads Sing? Well, Paula and I are here to help you with that difficult and personal decision as we review 1987's Jaws The Revenge. The movie best known for its tagline, this time it's personal. As opposed to the first two, in which it turned out the shark had been hired by an oceanic syndicate. Or something. I'm Adam Felber, sitting perched on my rhetorical lifeguard chair, constantly on the lookout to protect our podcasts from predatory digressions and the undertow of irrelevancy. And now, please welcome the woman who, when it comes to rational discourse, has been described as nature's perfect killing machine. <laughs> it's Paula Poundstone. Hey, you guys. Hey, Paula. I... I kind of have a headache. I will. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I should explain to our listeners, if we still did cold opens, which we don't, you would have yeah, heard Paula drop an anvil on her head. Oh, yeah, but it was a grabber. It was. It, it was a grabber. Gra I think I fucked up my spine a little bit. Um, you know, we, as you know, normally, we don't talk a lot about any kind of preparation for our podcast, and I have been one to believe that the audience shouldn't be burdened with the idea that we have a preparation, you know. That, that we, in fact, script every moment of it. Yeah. I saw this fucking anvil thing coming, I'll tell you. I don't know why I didn't get out of the way. It was right in the script. In the interest of pulling back the curtain... Right. Uh, because my manager uh, and uh, co-producer and voice talent, uh, Bonnie Burns, <laughs> believes that the audience would enjoy a peek behind the curtain of Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. So with that in mind, I have the following dramatic reading to present. I think it was two days ago, perhaps, uh, we began, well, emailing, uh, I oh, oh no. my god! I no. started. I started. <laughs> I started with me. this email to all of us: to Tony, to Julie, to Bonnie, to Adam. I said, I think we may have already been over the best ideas for uh, this week's movie: uh, Top Gun One. To tell if you should watch Top Gun Two. And for the next movie that we do, Titanic, to tell if 
you should watch Bullet Train. However, here in no particular order are some other ideas. Thelma and Louise to tell if you should watch Mac and Rita. Sunday Bloody Sunday to tell if you should watch Easter Sunday. Fifty Shades of Grey to tell if you should watch The Grey Man. Call of the Wild Harrison <laughs> Ford one to tell if you should watch Pause of Fury. A Star is Born the Judy Garland one to tell if you should watch Where the Crawdads Sings. Jaws 3 to tell if you should watch Where the Crawdads Sings. Uh, we... Uh, should at some point also do Valley of the Dolls. And this came uh, this came uh, uh, to me, and it was CC'd to everybody else from Adam Felber. I like the Fifty Shades one. I've never seen that. Oh, and I've never seen that A Star is Born. Also, if we do Jaws, my memory is that Jaws 4, The Revenge, is one of the most outstandingly bad movies ever. Uh, it co-stars Michael Caine, and it's about the Jaws shark literally stalking Chief Brody's widow down the entire eastern seaboard to the Bahamas. <laughs> Uh, and I responded, I didn't know there was a fourth. The fourth would be good. And then I said, tell the others to weigh in. I'm good with any of the choices. This, by the way, was, uh, I said this at 5.25 p.m. Uh, at 5.35 p.m., Adam Felber uh, writes to me and copies everyone. Anyone else want to weigh in on this? Paula said she'd be good with any of these. To recap, the front runners are Titanic for Bullet Train and Top Gun for Top Gun 2. Also, A Star is Born, Fifty Shades of Grey, and Jaws for the Revenge are the ones we both like. Bonnie Burns. Yes. This, by the way, coming in at 5.44 p.m. <laughs> yes, I'm weighing Wait, in. that's 5.44. With, the other what? one was 5.45. No, 5.35 oh. was the first one. And 5.44. This is, this is a peek behind the curtain, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, this is going to be good. Uh, 5.44. Bonnie Burns responds, I'm weighing in within five minutes. Uh, some might say... A useless email. Uh, Tony, <laughs> Tony Anita Hull at 5.56 p.m. I cannot imagine y'all watching Fifty Shades of Grey, which makes me love it all that more. Julie Bacobian at 6.01 p.m. I think Titanic for Bullet Train is a great idea, and Fifty Shades was originally Twilight fan fiction, so there's a lot to work with there. A lot uh -huh. of people on the same page right here, Paula. That's the thing. We're a team. That's exactly yeah. right. We're like a <laughs> rowing team, and I'm the I'm the coxswain, I believe. <laughs> now, uh, that was 601. At 604, Bonnie Burns emails, I like all of them. These were my faves. Fifty Shades of Grey to tell if you should watch The Grey Man. It comes out July 15th, and our show drops July 26th, so it's timely. The casting gives the movie a shot at getting some publicity. Jaws 3 to tell if we should watch Where the Crawdad Sings. I think Adam has a point about doing a Jaws sequel. Oh, Adam loves to be supported by Bonnie, so this is wonderful. Yeah, I was making an effort. I felt great. <laughs> this is the kind of cohesion that any company appreciates. Now at 6.06, Bonnie Burns emails again. I also liked Thelma and Louise to tell if you should watch Mac and Rita. A Star is Born, the Judy Garland one to tell if you should watch Where the Crawdads Sing Sunday Bloody Sunday to tell if you should watch Easter Sunday. So some might say she's listed all the ones that I originally listed and hasn't narrowed it down at all. At 7.16, Adam Felber emails, my top pick is Titanic because everyone has seen it and Bullet Train stars Brad Pitt so it'll be big. I guess a star Born in Fifty Shades are my second picks. The only thing about Fifty Shades is that I'm not sure I want to watch 125 minutes of allegedly hot, softcore sadomasochism. Also, Jaws 4 is so delightfully, ridiculously silly that it's a close runner-up. Now, at 8 p.m., I, I emailed Adam to say, let's do Jaws 4. It's, it's summary. Adam Felber at 8.45 p.m. Uh, emails everybody and says, Oh, my God, Paula's chosen Jaws 4. She says it's summary. I promise that none of us will like it, and we might love it. At 8.46, Adam Felber emails, If you have trouble finding it, sometimes it's billed as Jaws the Revenge. Now, here's where it gets good. At 8.46, within a minute of no, Adam's... No, this was 8.46. Yes, it was. Yes, Adams so I didn't was see eight forty six. Oh yes, you did, uh, because at eight forty six you emailed. Great, some might say a useless email. 
Um, that's, <laughs> that nine, was to an old email. And no, no, you you what? received Adam's email and you said great. Now at nine oh two, I emailed the group and I say, well, we have to do two, right? So uh, Jaws four and uh, Titanic. Which are we gonna do on Thursday? At 9.03, Bonnie Burns emails, I think we should go with Bullet Train for the other movie. As Adam mentioned, I think it's going to be huge. It's Brad Pitt's first role since winning an Oscar, and he leads an all-star cast. I just saw the trailer. It it looks like it could be good. Adam, there's good synthesized information (laughs) about Bullet Train for your description. And she gives a a website for that. At 9.08, I email to Bonnie and copy everyone else. Oi, yes. When I say Titanic, (laughs) Titanic is what we should be watching to tell if you should watch Bullet Train. However, the remaining question is which movie should we do on Thursday, (laughs) Titanic or Jaws 4, to tell if you should watch Where the Crawdad Sings. Uh, At 9.17... I never got that email. No, I never got that email. She got that email. No, (laughs) maybe it was in a chain. I didn't see the chain. But but you got the previous four emails that mentioned that we'd be watching Jaws. I could have been writing an email that she's going to read. You read... Adam's email at 8.46 and had time within that minute to respond. You saw this goddamn email. So at 9.17, (laughs) Julie emails, Jaws 4 runs one hour, 32 minutes versus Titanic's three-hour runtime. Do Jaws this week. I like that, Julie. Now, uh, Bonnie Burns emails at 9.19 p.m. That's two minutes later. Bullet Train comes out on August 5th. (laughs) I can't find the thread in the email about Jaws coming out. I searched Google, and what I'm finding is that Spielberg refuses to do one. Maybe I'm looking in the wrong place. <laughs> this is not that was that was received at 9:19. At at 9:21, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to do the math for you. That is two minutes later. Bonnie emails Julie and copies everyone else. Julie, where are you finding Jaws 4? I I found this Jaws Revenge. That was before. Jaws that was Revenge before. is a 1987 American horror film produced and directed by Joseph Sargent. It's a direct sequel to Jaws 2, ignoring the events of Jaws 3D, and is the fourth installment in the Jaws franchise and the final installment in the original series. If I could just take a, a minute, uh, Your Honor... And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I'd like to go back to Adam Felber's email of 8.46 p.m. in which he said, if you have trouble finding it, it's sometimes billed as Jaws the Revenge. Let's continue. Uh, at, at 9.22, I emailed Bonnie. I didn't copy anyone else. I hope right. she noticed. I did. I, I did. said, Bonnie, Jaws is not coming out. We are watching Jaws 4 to tell if you should watch Where the Crawdad Sings, which is coming out. I've written this three times now. Now, Julie emails at 9.25 to say Jaws 4 is not in theaters. Neither is Titanic. Where the Crawdad Sings is the film that will be in theaters on, on July 13th, to which Bonnie Burns says, yeah, yeah, I get it. We should do Jaws first. <laughs> that's and, that and was Adam, after you no, wait, wait, there's one more. There's one more. That was at 927 at 1.17 a.m. Oh Adam sat down to his computer, <laughs> read this chain, and wrote, Jaws Revenge is Jaws 4. And that is what Paul is suggesting for that crawdad movie. Titanic is what we're suggesting for Bullet Train. Oh, my God. At which point, uh, Julie, uh, at 2.46 a.m., this is the best, she emails Adam and copies everyone else and says one word. Perfect. (laughs) 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 <laughs> oh, okay. 
okay. okay. I am not a religious person. I don't believe in a God. But if I did, on the off chance that I was wrong, I would pray to some being to make Bonnie Burns read emails from the beginning of the email to the end. <laughs> this was all this took place, by the way, on the fourth of July. Were we enjoy it? Were we doing so? Were we were we doing anything fun? No, we were all trying to get through to Bonnie Burns. That there was no new Jaws movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's written directly to Steven Spielberg to try to get a meeting with him about why he won't make another <laughs> Jaws movie and, and was hoping it would come out in July. Having said okay. all that. I just want to say, on my behalf, <laughs> I admit, because I have a lot going on, I open up the email, I see the beginning part, and I don't always read the rest, okay? But in the case of this, I don't think you guys realize that I'm very conscientious and I feel that part of my role <laughs> is to make sure that we don't like make mistakes, do something wrong. And so, well, okay, you kept this saying This is such Ford, a mode of shit. I can't believe that I'm not talking was. to one of my kids right now. Bonnie, okay, wait. this began. <laughs> so, what was happening? Hey, busy I bee. I thought when Julie said, do this one because it's only like an hour and a half or something. I And I was in the midst of checking the release dates on the ones we decided on to make sure they were around when the show was going to come out. And then I thought, well, we shouldn't decide it by how long the movie is. So when I was checking oh, about Jaws. Oh, my God. That had been combined you know what? with... This is worse than the emails. This explanation is worse than the emails. I, the, let me just point out to you that all of this started at 5.15 p.m. and did not end until 2.46 a.m. the following day. This was a cruel misuse of all of our time. Uh, but, okay, let's put that aside because there's something very special uh, that I would like to do right now. Adam. Okay. Yes. Julie Bonnie. Tony and I wanted to recognize the fact that you have been on every show. Oh. So we all pitched in and uh -oh. bought you this colorful wooden bird toy. Uh, you, you tie it to the inside of your bird's cage and they spend hours playing with it. And as you can see on each colorful wooden block, we've engraved a word. So it says, Adam is on every show it's just a little Aww. something to signify our appreciation for your being on every show yay well, i don't see it where is it i'll say a couple of things number one thank you uh number two i think i've been extremely clear that i don't consider being on every show to be a compliment oh but it is <laughs> um and i don't in point of fact have a bird do you guys see it oh Oh, you don't. So you don't have a bird. No. <laughs> well. Oh my gosh! I could have sworn you had a bird. I don't. I don't. But uh. <laughs> but thank you, thank you for this gift. It's very considerate. I mean, it ignores the fact that I don't have a bird and that I don't like that compliment, as you call it. But um, it is a very thoughtful gift, nonetheless. I want to thank well, all of you for... for <laughs> I, and you know what? It's funny because it, it was my birthday this week. <laughs> nobody, seemed to, nobody, nobody seemed to notice that either. Oh, no, but, I um, wrote on your Facebook page. I wrote on your right. Facebook Tony page. That's right. Tony wrote on my Facebook page. Uh, but, um, you know... <laughs> well, I have an idea. Here's what you can do with it. You can hang it on the outside of your bedroom door on the handle. <laughs> and when your wife is out there crying, she can kind of bat it. Got <laughs> her out there crying, and I assure you, I already know just what I want to do with it. <laughs> uh, well, I wish our I wish our home audience could see how hard Paula's laughing. Right now. I'm, no, honestly, God, I'm crying. This is a very emotional moment for me <laughs> and for Bonnie and Julie and Tony. This is very, we've been planning this for a long time. <laughs> and uh, we're so happy to be able to give you a, a bird toy. <laughs> Bonnie wrote me at one point and said, why were we giving you a turd boy? And I had to write back and say, a bird toy. <laughs> uh, 
because she's so busy. And what she never seems to put together, and this is, what, 28 years now, I think, is that you don't have to spend all that time. You, the problem is that you're busy <laughs> researching films that we're not even talking about <laughs> because you don't read the whole email. It just, oh, my God. <laughs> Okay, I, I want this I want this taken out, but I think it's very important that everyone heard that Bonnie kept saying, wait, where is it? I know. I was just going to say that. No, but I thought I shouldn't jump in. I figured, in fact, I just made a note. I just made a note for Vic saying, lose me sane. Because I realized afterwards that it was a joke that you hadn't made it up. But you didn't start laughing. <laughs> and I bet that nobody's because oh we're gonna have see once again. I was thinking ahead. We're gonna have nobody's write in and then go. Can you put a picture up of the bird? <laughs> Wait, where is this? Right. Buddy, we can easily put up a, a picture of the bird. Oh, for God's oh, sakes! Uh, oh, go. that was like a defibrillator for me. <laughs> I feel like I, I feel like I'm dying, and that was like a that was like a. Tung -tung. Uh, oh, oh my, my God. God. Well, that was just pulling the curtain back a little bit for the listeners. That was great. And you know what, everybody? As advertised. Well, let me put it this way. Coming up, Robert Kiyosaki said, French Wait a fries minute. kill more people. Wait a what? minute. I forgot something. You forgot oh, so to thank, thank the musician. I forgot yeah. something yeah. so important. Because tonight's house band is the great James Ross, who is, uh, I was going to say, my oldest friend in the world, but he's my same age. Uh, he's <laughs> the friend that I have had for the longest time of my life. We've known each other since Aww. since we were two. Uh, yeah, and Bonnie's looking it up now to see if if, if that's come out already. Um, uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome and thank you, James. Thank you, James Ross, on the French horn. Coming up, Robert Kiyosaki said, quote, French fries kill more people than guns and sharks, yet nobody's scared of a French fry. <laughs> Our review of Jaws, The Revenge, is next on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Adam! Yes? One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list, and the sixth one has start a podcast. If that's you, <laughs> make 2024 the year you finally checked learn a language off your list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. Don't do it. Or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Ugh. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. And Paula, I got to say, I really appreciate the whole like getting phrases that are important to know in that language right away, like how to order food, how to ask for directions, how to speak to merchants. And yeah. I really yeah. dig more than that, the speech recognition technology, because even if some of our listeners think that I have a weird cadence when I am attempting to speak Spanish, <laughs> I, am, I am speaking it well enough for the Babbel app to understand what I'm saying, at least when I do it right, like this. Listen to this. Adios, Carlos. Ya te vas. Sí, es tarde. Entonces, buenas noches. Hasta pronto. I don't think you have a weird cadence. I think it sounds great. Thank you. Studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Yikes. And their football team is fantastic. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, plus all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Is there some kind of special? Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription. Wow. But only for our listeners at babbel.com slash nobody. 
If I'm not mistaken, Paula, that is 55% off at babbel.com slash nobody. The one spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. And then you just add a slash and the word nobody. And it's 55% off? Yeah. Wow. Rules and restrictions may apply. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Adios. Hey, everybody. As longtime listeners know, when Helix Mattresses first started sponsoring our show, Bonnie Burns somehow got the drop on me and made off with the first mattress. But in the intervening years, I have gotten myself a Helix mattress. I've had it for almost a year now, and it has improved my sleep. It has improved my life. I could not be happier. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection, which I have, the newly released Helix Elite Collection, which is a mattress designed just for big and tall sleepers, and they even have mattresses made just for kids. Now, if you're like me and you were a little nervous about trying it online, or like Paula, who was screaming in fear of buying a mattress online, don't be. The Helix Sleep Quiz takes into account your individual sleep preference to match you and your partner with the perfect mattress. I took the quiz and I ended up with a great mattress for a side sleeper, the Helix Midnight Lux. Take my word for it, everybody. The Helix Midnight Lux. Oh, don't want to take Adam's word for it. I don't blame you. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula and use the code HELIXPARTNER20. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Paula. Paula, I invited you over, but you fell asleep. Helixsleep.com slash Paula. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Hey guys, it's Adam, and tonight is January 3rd, and I am picking Giannis Antetokounmpo to score less than 36 points, and James Harden to score more than 16. Why? Because I like beards. Am I putting a lot of money on this? I am not, because I'm not really a gambler, but I am having a lot of fun with Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, who I would lose to, you pick more or less than two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in, or in my case, not. So I don't bet a lot. With the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey had a 10.5 combo of three points made, plus receptions. Do I get that? Kind of a little bit. Prize Picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted. So, it's like an insurance policy. Go to prizepicks.com nobody and use code nobody for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's prizepicks.com nobody and use code nobody for a first deposit match of up to $100. And then drop by and see how I did with the Greek freak and Harden again on January 3rd. My hopes are not that high. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Paula? Oh! <laughs> On this day in unremarkable history, Rod Serling said, Get that doll away from me. Thank you, house band James Ross. Yay! So, Paula, it's time for that summer movie spectacular thing we do. We do it at Christmas time, in the summertime. When big movies are coming out, we're here to review a movie that might in some ways help you decide whether to see that big movie. Yes, we're watching Jaws 4, The Revenge, 
a movie about a water creature in order to determine (laughs) if you should see the new movie Where the Crawdads Sing. It's time to review Jaws for the Revenge, a 1987 movie, the fourth installment of the Jaws series, but it pretended that Jaws 3D never existed and instead is a direct sequel to Jaws 2. Here's a quick summary. Ready for it, Paula? Yes, I'm so excited. It's Christmas Eve in the seaside town of Amity, several years after the events of Jaws 2. Chief Brody has died of a heart attack to avoid being in this movie, but his widow, (laughs) Ellen Brody, apparently still needs a paycheck. One of the chief's two sons, a police officer himself with an apparent helium addiction, goes to free a nautical marker from some driftwood when a great white shark who's been lying in wait bites off his arm and then bites off the rest of him. A terrible accident, but that's not what the widow Brody thinks. She thinks the shark is out for revenge. That's when we meet her other son, Michael Brody. He has become a marine researcher because Richard Dreyfuss has chosen death over being in this movie. He persuades Mom's Brody to come join him in the Bahamas, where great white sharks never, ever, ever go. They meet an incredibly irresponsible pilot named Hoagie, played by Michael Caine, who is only able to open his eyes when someone off-camera shakes a big bag of money at him. Hoagie has a lust for life, a penchant for gambling, and a boner for the widow Brody. What follows is a fun tropical romance adventure, occasionally punctuated by Ellen's nightmares about the vengeful shark. But then the revenge shark attacks an inflatable boat and nearly eats Ellen's granddaughter, and now it's personal. The widow Brody springs into action and commandeers a sailing vessel to confront the beast without any weapons nor a plan in her full head. She's soon joined by Michael and his, um, chum played by Mario Van Peebles, and together they defeat the revenge shark in a manner that involves a sonic gun, a ship's prow, an explosive, and makes no damn sense whatsoever the end. Let me just begin. Yeah, that was that was good. I noticed a little editorializing in your summary, but it was good. Uh, this movie was so much better than Predator that Adam made me watch. It was much better than Pretty Woman. It was better than Fast and Furious. I hated all those movies. So that doesn't really tell you how I feel about this movie. But you know what? I loved it. (laughs) It's the story of a strong family. Ellen Brody's husband had previously died of a heart attack as a result of a shark. And now, in the beginning of Jaws for the Revenge, one of her two adult sons is killed by a shark. As Adam said, she goes to the Bahamas to stay with her other adult son and his family, And she falls in love with their charter plane pilot, Hoagie, uh, who, as Adam said, was played by Michael Caine. Hoagie Carmichael. (laughs) Hoagie Carmichael always sounded like such a, it sounded like such a sexy romantic name on Hoagie Carmichael. But the Michael Caine Hoagie just sounds bready. So uh, Mrs. Uh, Brody goes out with leavened Michael Kane, literally, this, this this is what's funny about the movie. It's literally days after her 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 other son has been killed by a shark, and Michael Kane says to her, "Get on with your life." Yeah, and and even Ellen and her living son Michael keep saying to each other, "What's wrong?" Like, and and Michael's Michael's wife says to him, "What's wrong?" I love this movie because these are strong people. Michael's brother and Ellen Brody's son is eaten by a shark mere days ago, and neither of them even suspect that the other is still upset about it. They're strong people. That's what I love about it. They're strong people. We need that, you know. Uh, Michael, the living son, is is a researcher studying conscience. And again, less than a week after his brother has been killed by a shark, he's out on their boat with his research partner and best friend, and the shark shows up. And his friend insists on studying it. It doesn't even cross his mind that that might be a trigger for his best friend, whose brother was eaten by a shark. Never brings it up at all. Neither one of them bring it up. To me, I'll tell you something, I loved every minute of this movie. I watched it (laughs) twice. I'm inspired by it. I want to be more like these characters because they're strong. And if that's not enough, the role of Mrs. Taft was played by an actress named Fritzy Jane Courtney. 
I've never seen uh, 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 Fritz and Jane Courtney in a, in a more remarkable role. Uh, Fritz and Jane Courtney uh, was a, is a fabulous actor. She plays uh, uh, Mrs. Taft, and it's laying. Mrs. Taft has an inner life that you can feel as a viewer. Which one is uh, Mrs. Taft? When they're in the house after the funeral for uh, the Sean, the guy, the son that gets eaten, yeah. uh, Miss, Mrs. Taft is in the living room and uh, picks up the granddaughter for a second. And um, she was in the other movies as well. Fritzy Jane Courtney. Uh, oh, my God. She's just marvelous. Fritzy Jane Courtney. I would love to see a whole one-woman show with Fritzy Jane Courtney. I don't know, maybe playing, uh, you know, some significant uh, figure in our history. Like maybe uh, she could do Hillary Clinton or something. She was, uh, she's fantastic. Uh, Adam. Adam, answer the phone. What? <laughs> answer the phone. Wow, all hell is breaking loose. I thought we were going to talk about this movie. Okay, um, hello? Hey, man, it's, it's me, Mike, Blah Blah Blah. Adam, this is like a, this movie is so fucking great. This is like a fucking documentary because this is exactly what sharks do. That's why it was the sharks and the jets in West Side Story. You know, they're vengeful. They're, yeah. they're like... They're like the Corleones. They'll hunt you down and eat your fucking boat, man. And, and a good mother can tell when they're going to do it, too. Uh, I'll tell you something. I, I don't know how you work with that bitch, Paula Poundstone. Uh, uh, but uh, she is right about this. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think sharks are actually vengeful, Mike. No, they are, man. Did you see the movie or not? Yeah, I did, uh, but uh, yeah, the movie is a work okay, of fiction. Yeah, okay, well, vengeful. You didn't pick that up? You didn't see that in the shark? No, no, I, I get that in the context of this movie, the shark was vengeful. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Good, you got it. That's good. Man, I thought I was going to have to play the movie to you again. Uh, all right, look, I got to go. Yeah, you do. Bye, Mike. Wow, uh, we've had some colorful visitations. I have some bad news for Mrs. Culpepper, um, if she ever comes back. Um, Fritzy Jane Courtney won't be doing a one-woman show anytime soon. Well, that's ridiculous. Of course she'll do it. I'll put the money up for her one-woman no. show. She is a marvelous actress, and uh, I, I would love, I think everybody, no. um, I think all of our listeners would like to see a, a, a Fritzy Jane Courtney tour de force. I, I'm sure that would be great, Mrs. Culpepper, but the, the sad fact is is that uh, recent research indicates that Fritzy Jane Courtney has, in fact, gone the way of Captain Culpepper. That is a calumny. That is a damnable calumny. Fritzy Jane Courtney lives. Uh, what were you Googling? Uh, there was some Googling done in the background while you were talking, and she apparently died in, uh, in, in 2012, 10 years ago. Well, that, that is a heartbreaking. Uh, that is heart was she eaten by a shark? What, what that is I, I thought it was triotoxism, but I, I have no idea. No, you're confusing that for Captain Culpepper. No, he was eaten by a shark. He was eaten by a shark. No, no, that is not correct. He was, uh, he was, it was uh, the taro toxism. Poisoning by cheese or dairy products. That is correct. My husband, Captain Culpepper, was poisoned uh, by a, a, cheese, a, a cheese. Uh, it was very tragic. Or dairy product. It was not just any dairy product, Adam. I was there at the time. It was my husband. Um, uh, you you cannot mansplain my husband's death to me. It was uh, he was it was the goat of the him. <laughs> well, I stand corrected then. Uh, I thought it was a shark. L L Lorraine Gary plays Ellen Brody, and let me just say that if her hairstylist wasn't prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Oh my God! <laughs> it is proof that we have a three-tier justice system. It, it you could, does look like somebody dropped an anvil on her head, doesn't it? You could, oh my, that happened to me. Ah, oh, fuck, it reminds me of my headache. You could almost never see more than half of her face. No justice, no face. No justice, no face. No, no I kept trying to figure out what feature of hers they were trying to conceal. You know, there may have just been severe burning. The character Ellen Brody became more pale and skinny in every single scene. It, it may be a strategy that she's working on to kill the shark. She'll blind it with the glare from her pale skin <laughs> and yellow hair, and then she'll simply make herself too bony to eat. Um, now, I, I do want to point out that every time she, like, touches the water, she'll shiver as though she can sense the shark, and it'll cut to the shark, and the shark looks up like a, like a dog whose name you've just called, like... Vroom. 
Uh, <laughs> and also, we never learn why this shark wants revenge because Be- the because, shark in both because, Jaws one and two is dead. Because it's what the Adam answer the phone. What? <laughs> no, Paul. I'd yeah, rather talk an- to you. I'd rather no, talk to you. Answer the phone. I don't want to talk to my. Answer Hello? the phone. Hey, Adam, it's me, Mike Boom Boom. But you really don't fucking get this movie, do you? The shark, man, it's about family. That's the whole point. It's about there's a movie about family. This is as much about family as fucking as Bambi or or uh, or the movie Family. This first shark, the sheriff Brody kills. His family comes after the Brody family. Does that make sense to you? Well, we never learned that the the shark is family. Nobody ever says that. That you intuit that. This is a person. This is a person walking around functioning. Oh my god! I don't know how you function. Look, I gotta go, man. Okay, Mike. <laughs> the shark attacks the research boat on the first day that they saw it in the Bahamas. And then on another excursion, they had a little research submarine diver vessel that Michael was using. And, and it gets attacked by the shark, too. And he has to swim to the surface and scramble back to the boat. And then he immediately grabs some flippers to go back down again. And this time, his partner, <laughs> his partner, uh, and best if insensitive friend Jake, who has been all gung-ho about researching this shark. And this is one of the best lines in the movie. Jake says, I just can't let you go back down. To which Michael says, and I'm fairly certain they improvised this, I'm scared shitless. What the hell am I supposed to do if I can't go back in that water? And instead of listing the infinite other choices that Michael has, like go home, call the Oceanographic Institute, wait until the shark has been euthanized, come back with a plan and some equipment, change jobs, see if your brother left you any money. (laughs) After the research boat has been attacked repeatedly, the shark goes after Ellen's granddaughter. It misses and gets an unimportant community member instead, a a, a red shirt, Uh, but it is more... Then Ellen Brody can take. She steals somebody's boat and goes off to look for the shark by herself with no weapon. Right there. How dumb is that choice? She doesn't like grab dynamite like you'd see in most action movies where you see her arming herself or getting ready. Or It's all maternal instinct. She doesn't need anything else. She's like, she's like a survivor. She's just going out there with nothing other than her blindingly white face. Um, there, there must have been on this movie at least a dozen crew members that stepped in after every shot to slather her in additional sunblock because <laughs> she was so pale. And here they are in the Baha- in the Bahamas. And then, by the way, when she's so she's out on that sailboat and she sees the shark. It's coming right for her, and she says, "Come and get me, you son of a bitch." Yeah. The writing in this film is so raw and so layered, and yes, <laughs> even a shark can understand it. Well, I did a little bit of research, and here's what Michael Caine has to say about this movie. Are you ready? I'm very excited. I have never seen it, but by all accounts, it is terrible. However, I have seen the house that it built, and it is terrific. <laughs> wow, boy. So I love this movie so much. That I cannot accept it being called a flop movie. They went out in smaller and smaller vessels. They're water vessels. As the movie went on, eventually, if it had gone on much longer, they would have just used pool noodles between their legs and, and, and paddled out. I'm not prepared to say just yet the answer to everyone's question. Wait, did Michael Caine say that this was his Pepperidge Farm uh, doughboy phase of his career? No, he didn't mention that, but he yeah, is because he is doughy as fuck. There's he's no doughy. Doubt. He's <laughs> doughy. Yeah. Definitely doughy. The ending. That made no damn sense to me. How did they kill that shark? Oh, they shoved that thing in its mouth. What thing? The thing that Jake puts in its mouth. But then they also seem to stab it with the prow of the boat, even though you never see that moment. They stab it with their steely knives, but they just can't kill the shark. Um, I, so I looked into it. I guess in the original cut, uh, Mario Van Peebles' character dies, and they didn't, and the audience didn't like that, so they just kind of fudged it. 
Oh, really? To bring Mario back to life. He's eaten off the boat like a goddamn greenie pill pocket. And then... <laughs> and then dragged pocket. off to the briny depths, bleeding everywhere. And then a little bit later, he, he pops up again. And everybody's all happy. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, they're all happy. And this is what now? A week and a half after the original son was killed? <laughs> yeah, and yet they but- feel good. They all feel good. This was a fantastic movie from start to finish. <laughs> it was not I a would, success, though. This is going to be one of those movies that I watch annually. Uh, it's going to be a summertime favorite. Uh, <laughs> it's a treat. It's, it's a treat for the whole In family. fact, yeah, no, it is it's good. This is really good. But everybody, now that there's blood in the water, does any of this help you decide whether to see Where the Crawdads Sing? We dive deeper into the bloody depths and render our verdict when we come back. The Cat of the Week is Willow from Montreal. I am so happy to be back out on the road. I am vaccinated and fully boosted. I wear a mask until just before I hit the stage and I put it back on just after. And I want my audience to be masked and vaxxed. Do you know why? Because I never want to lose the opportunity to perform in front of a live audience again. It has been so much fun. I got no supply chain problems. I'm backed up with jokes. I'm the crazy Eddie of jokes. I got way too many. I'm practically giving them away. My flight was delayed the other day because I kept stepping behind the first class curtain saying, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Paula Poundstone and stepping through to tell jokes to the rest of the people in coach. Even when they duct taped me to the seat, I said, duct tape? Why would a duck have tape? Why not sloth staples? Well, I guess sloths would staple too slow and the staple wouldn't hold. Besides, sloths rules office work. You gotta come see me in a theater, just so I can get my dignity back. Learning to talk to Trump. Talking to the former president can be difficult, but by practicing these suggested phrases in front of a mirror for just a few minutes a day, you'll be saying what you need to say to him with confidence in no time. Get a pen and a paper and write them down. Today's phrase is, now you clean that up. (laughs) Fun fact. Sharks are so vicious that shark embryos have actually been known to attack each other, mostly by saying incredibly hurtful things. (laughs) And we're back. Thank you, James Ross. Yay! 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 All right, Paula, so we, we've come to the end of this movie. We both have uh, strong feelings about it. The big question is, is that movie, Where the Crawdads Sing, is that what it's called? I think so, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's coming out. We don't know much about it except that it's a suspense drama kind of thing, I think. It's based on a book. There you go. It's based on a book. Well, that's almost all the information you need. Now, Paula, based- It's also hooked on a feeling and high on believing. Um, Adam, I gotta tell you, usually a concept wears thin as the sequels go on, but not here. I don't see how the Crawdad movie could ever be as good as this, but water creature movies are obviously very good. Therefore, I highly recommend Where the Crawdads Sing. Ah, I do hope <laughs> Fritzy Jane Courtney is in this new water creature film as well. He's dead, maybe Mrs. She, dead. Well, maybe she, Adam Felber, perhaps she filmed, uh, maybe they uh, they banked, so to speak, the, 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 the crawdad movie before the passing, the unfortunate passing of Fritzy Jane Courtney. That's a possibility, <laughs> Mr. Felber. It is a possibility, and you know what? 
I'm going to weigh in and concur with my worthy colleague, Paula Poundstone, and say that if Jaws 4 proves anything, it's that you can have the wrong everything and still make a movie that is fundamentally stupid and absolutely watchable. <laughs> and thus, I recommend that everybody hurry out to theaters to watch Where the Crawdads Sing. Adam, Adam, answer the what? phone. Really? Yeah. Busy day on the phones here for me, Paula. All right, hello. Hey, Adam, it's me, Mike Bobovich. I cannot fucking wait to see this crawdad movie, man. Do do, do you want to go to it together? No, I do not. (laughs) I I, I get it. That's okay. I get get it. You you don't like to leave your bird, man. I I tell you what. Let's wait and and see it at Christmas. Marty says it's a Christmas film. What? Uh, I'm going to take a rain check on that, too, Mike. And I want to underscore that I do not, in fact, own a bird. I own a oh. bird toy. Oh, well, that was good love a long time, too. So I understand you don't want to leave your bird toy. <laughs> okay, all right, it's good, good talking about we'll hang out after the game. We're never going to hang out after the game. All right, let's move on, then. I guess I guess we kind of reached the end of that. Oh, wait, because uh, we have a movie show. Here we reviewed movies. I have some movie trivia for you guys. Oh, perfect. Oh. Okay. Wow, Are you, you're going to quiz us? I just said I have some movie trivia for you guys. <laughs> oh, so it's not a trivia quiz. Okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah, I think it is a quiz. It is a quiz, Adam. It's, she's not, you're not telling us the movie trivia. You're asking us oh, to answer right. movie trivia okay. questions. Yeah, so I believe yeah. Adam is... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bonnie has taken on this new 13-year-old response. No. To any challenge. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Okay, All right. yeah. When I get what you're saying, I go, yeah, yeah. Like maybe I made a mistake. Now I realize oh, I was that corrected. Means? Now okay. I know the right yeah. way. Okay. <laughs> My parents dropped me off at a movie theater with a friend when I was six. What movie scared me so much that I spent most of it waiting in the lobby for my parents to come back and pick us up? Was it Tom Sawyer, The Wizard of Oz, Treasure Island, or Bambi? I think it's Bambi. I'm going to go with Treasure Island because I remember that being really scary. Tony? I think I'm going to go with Bambi as well. You know what? (laughs) It was Wizard of Oz. That thing with the witch and those birds flying around and the black trees and everything was scary for me. I've never seen The Wizard of wow. Oz. Oh my gosh. What? Wow. It's a family classic. Well, if you do go see it, have someone ready to pick you up. <laughs> uh, okay. When I was a teenager, what movie did an older guy I was dating take me to on our first date? Was it El Dorado? The Comancheros, Hellas for Heroes, or McClintock? All of them sound so romantic. Uh, Yeah, I don't think that he thought about my interests too much. I'm going to say it was Hellas for Heroes because there's a shower scene in that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say it's McClintock because I can imagine Zero Mustel wanting to see it. Oh, my God, Tony. I'm going with McClintock, too. (laughs) El Dorado with John Wayne. <laughs> Bonnie, this oh. is really more like Bonnie trivia than it is movie trivia. <laughs> no, okay, trivia. wait. There's no real, no, these there's are, no real no, way these that are, my knowledge of movies could get me there. I, no, that's not true. These are movie yeah, facts. No, okay, I, go I, ahead. I got more for go, you guys. Yeah. Oh, are they? Are okay. they? Yeah, they are. Okay, go ahead, Bonnie. This is good. What movie was on TV in the background when I was a teenager and heavy petting on the couch in our family room? <laughs> okay. Mildred Pierce. Can I choose not to hear these answers? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to guess before you even do your list where Angels Go Trouble Follows. Oh. <laughs> that might have broken the mood. Okay. Mildred Pierce, The Little Foxes, The Philadelphia Story, Good Morning, Miss Duff. That's going to be The Little Foxes. Some bow of yours thought that would be hot. What was Miss Duff? Good Morning, Miss Duff? Good Morning, Miss Duff. I never heard of that. Yeah, well, it's a 40s movie that they might run on TV late at night. All right, then that's what it was, Bonnie. That's- I'm, I'm switching my answer to that, too. I was going with The Little Foxes. I was going to go okay. with The Little Foxes. And, 
<laughs> did Bonnie just die? What just happened? What just happened? Was that a heart attack? Now they're in Pierce. Oh. oh. Okay. Oh. Okay. Don't worry. I don't know who can make who can make out to Mildred Pierce. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Here's one for you. I'm doing so good so far. Okay. Um, Julie, are you keeping score? Yeah. Yes. Let's have a score update. So far, I'm winning. Zero, I'm, zero, zero. It's zero, I, zero, zero, zero. Okay. I've stumped you. I pride myself on movie trivia, but I just don't feel like I've got a fair shot at this. Now, come on. Oh, you mean because it's all about me? Yeah. Oh, Adam, you're tied yes. for first. <laughs> so. I, I I, okay, here true. we go. True enough. All right. What movie, when I was out on a blind date, did I have such an anxiety attack while I was watching? I told the guy I had to leave because I thought I was having a heart attack. Uh, my guess is it's happened several times. <laughs> Are there choices? That would be I my forgot. guess. So I'm saying which time that you did that? I forgot to tell you the choices. Body Heat, Once Upon a Time in America, On Golden Pond, or Daniel. Or what? Daniel. Uh, you know what? Body Heat's a very tense movie. Yeah, but she didn't even get that far. She, she didn't get that far. I'm going to say Daniel. I'm going with Body Heat. Tony? Oh, I'm going to go Daniel. You know, I think you guys are missing my subtle ideas here. It was more that I was anxious because I was on a date with a guy I didn't know. Right. It was uh -huh. probably my first date yeah, in we a few years. We, we couldn't know no, that, No, but that's yeah, what ahead. was giving me the, that I thought I, the anxiety attack, it wasn't really the movie we were watching, but it was on Golden Pond. Um, <laughs> you had an anxiety attack during on Golden Pond? No, it was because I was there with She's this She's terrified guy. of loons. Is it because of the dive when Jane Fonda did the dive? <laughs> was it. No, then I went, wow, she's in really good shape. No, I think like, you know, when something you're doing Is it doing because something? you were attracted to Dabney Coleman? No, I think it's like oh, when you're. That was it. That was the shower guy. It was no, Dabney it Coleman. Dabney it Coleman. was totally Dabney he Coleman. He wasn't on Broadway. It was Dabney Coleman. Dabney Coleman. In fact, that night during that shower, Bonnie said, dab me, Coleman. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Even when you that start was, thinking, That was the inspiration for the Dabney Coleman soap on a rope. That was so popular. Yeah, my parents had Dabney Coleman soap on a rope for the longest time. I was hoping they would leave it to me in their in their will. Um, they didn't. Yeah, no, they didn't. You know why they didn't? Because they tried and tried with me, and I never failed to disappoint them. Um, okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay, of these three movies, which is my favorite? The Verdict, okay. The Unforgiven, or The Godfather? All of them, of course, are musicals. She loves musicals. <laughs> she loves musicals. It's the only reason she broke up with Dabney Coleman is because he wouldn't do a musical. I'm going to go with The Verdict. Okay. I'm going to go with The Unforgiven. Yeah, I'm going to say The Unforgiven, too. Tony and Paula are correct. Oh! I think yeah, it's I such that a movie. great movie. That's so well done. That's, I hated that movie, and that's why I knew that that was the one that you liked. <laughs> Okay, here's the last one. Oh, so okay. what's the score now? Yeah, what is the score, Julie? Uh, one to one tie, Tony and uh, Paula. Okay. Okay. All right. yeah. What's the last movie I saw in a movie theater? Pain and Glory, mm. The Suicide Squad, It, <laughs> or Elvis? I'm going to say Bonnie Burns just went and saw Elvis this week. Yeah, I don't see where she would have had time this week because she was emailing for several hours. <laughs> oh, you might be right. You might be right. Uh, I'm going to say pain and glory. I'm going to say Elvis as well. It was it. My girlfriends dragged ah. me to that movie because they hate I can't clowns, believe you would go to that movie. And I had to sit through that horrible movie. Wow. <laughs> wow. Julie Burkobian, how did me and Paula and Tony do on Bonnie's arguably about movie <laughs> movie trivia? Um, Adam, you came in in second with zero points. And I took second place. <laughs> Way to go, Adam. Thank oh, my you. gosh. Paula and Tony are tied for first with one each. So I don't know if you want to do a tiebreaker. Oh, okay, I'll do a real movie trivia. Who was the first choice to play the Al Pacino part in The Godfather? Uh, 
I don't even need. I don't even need the list. I know what it is. It's it's Glenn Campbell. He was such a surprise in um, uh, True Grit that he that they asked him to do Godfather. Yeah. So Bonnie, what's the real answer there? You know, Tony just watched this thing on the Godfather. I only watched the first first. Okay, wait. We have to Google it. Why don't you give the plugs? Give the plugs while I Google it. Oh, for God's sake. This is the weirdest thing. All right, Paula, what's going on (laughs) in your Poundstone product empire this week? Well, Adam, and I'm going to take my time so the others can Google. Adam, I would love to kick back and, and live the easy life all summer, but I can't. As you know, I've been working with Cynthia Cryer Public Relations, and Cynthia has taught me so much about publicity and marketing. Poundstone Industries, also known as Lipstick Nancy Incorporated, is busier than it has ever been. Recently, we've been getting testimonials from our customers because Cynthia says that's a really effective way to market. Here, I'll show you. So on Friday, September 9th, I'm going to be in Roanoke, Virginia at the Jefferson Center, So here's how I do it. On Friday, September 9th, I'll be in Roanoke, Virginia at the Jefferson Center. Buy tickets. Buy tickets. We caught up with one of my audience members just outside of a theater recently. I saw her show. I laughed and laughed. The the people around me weren't really laughing, but I I was. (laughs) Go to the tour page at paulapoundstone.com for tickets. Adam, you might want to try this with your fun little music podcast, Land of the Band. Um, here's one. Land here's of the one. Band. On, on Friday, September 16th, I'll be in Boise, Idaho at the Egyptian Theater. Buy tickets. Buy tickets. Here's what one of my audience members says. I saw it, Joe. I saw it. Uh, it was fine. I, 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 I stayed for the whole thing. Go to tour page at paulapoundstone.com for tickets. Wait till you hear this one. On Thursday, September 22nd, I'll be in Ridgefield, Connecticut at the Ridgefield Playhouse. Buy tickets, buy tickets. Here's what a theater goer has to say about my show. Uh, I didn't see it yet. Uh, I'll bet it's wonderful, though. I mean, she has that daytime talk show when she was on Broadway and she's done so much for Kit. No. No, that's Rosie O'Donnell. Who are you talking about? No, no, I don't know her. Uh, I'll bet she has a podcast, though. For tickets, go to the tour page at paulapoundstone.com. In fact, go to the tour page at paulapoundstone.com to see when I'm going to be at a theater near you. You can also go to paulapoundstone.com, click on shop, and order a 4-inch by 5-inch catnip stuffed poundstone pussy pillow autographed for your cat. There's much more, of course, but Heidi... Oh, wow. And you know what? Um, I wish Heidi wasn't such a stickler for time because... Uh, you know, it's summertime. She is, though. It's fun listening to music, and she, I've been uh, listening no, no, on my, on my he, iPod. Heidi's, Heidi's head is going to explode. I know. Don't I, I know, wish but, that we yeah. could give you some time to plug your band. Oh, I, I didn't want to. Band No, I, I wanted to plug something else. I wanted to plug the playlist of amazing, fun songs that we release every episode oh, to can't go do along it, with our episode of Dad Band Land. No, can't do it. No time for that. Okay. No time. Because, no Paul, time. I'm not promoting my podcast, Dad Band Land, which explores music from the point of view of a neighborhood cover band. I don't want to good, promote that. Good, because we don't have time for that. I That's wouldn't. good that I you're would, not doing But I'm that. talking about the fact that every episode comes with an Apple Music playlist so you can hear all the songs that are discussed on Dad Band Land. Oh, boy. What a bonus that is. Okay. No, there's no time. <laughs> no <laughs> time at all? No time huh. for that. Nope. No. Well, that, that's a that's a pity because it seems like you, yeah. you you took so long to promote your yeah. stuff and oh yeah. darn it yeah yeah well, oh, well I can't control I can't control Heidi I do the best I can but uh, yeah, you, you know, know what that's okay fair. that's fair remember Heidi's, to follow Heidi, this Heidi's got a mind of her I own. have the answer yeah. gee I wonder gee I wonder who who's winning our contest here okay the reason Paramount uh, didn't want Bunny hurry the fuck up or he's gonna plug that guy oh, yeah, vodka okay, go podcast fast. again the go ahead, go go ahead. it's not a vodka it's a podcast. <laughs> Paramount actually signed James Kahn for the role. They oh. wanted somebody that was a box office star. They also suggested Robert Redford, Dustin Hoffman, and Martin Sheen. But Coppola actually said, if you cast Robert Redford or Warren Beatty, I'm walking off this picture. And he made them agree to uh, give James Kahn the sunny role. And Coppola ended up getting Al Pacino 
in the role. No, what he said was, if you cast one of those other guys, you're going to swim with the fishes. Yeah. That's what he said. <laughs> well, Coppola wanted an unknown. Oh. He thought he had to have an unknown yeah. to believe. That's that's yeah. great, Bunny. And given given that that answer was not one of the uh, choices, I fear they have little <laughs> chance of having gotten it right. Tony and I are still co-winners. We're still... <laughs> I'm happy with that. <laughs> All right, everybody. Please remember to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get Dad Band Land. It's free. If there's a subject no, no, or topic no, no, that you no, want to... No, 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 back up, back what? up. You made a mistake. What? What? See, that's I why... That's why you shouldn't be doing two... Yeah, you did. No. What did I do? Don't... You don't mention um, Oddland or whatever that is. You don't mention Dad, Dad Bandland. Yeah. Okay. I won't. Yeah. Bonnie Mom's will cut the word that on out. That. Okay. Yeah. Won't say a word. Um, if there's a subject or topic you'd like to know about, tell us. We're at nobody listens to Paul's Poundstone at gmail.com. And that is our show. Thank you to our house band, James Ross. Wow. Yay! Yay! And uh, Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam the Felber. Our show is produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezevnik, and Julie Berkobian. Edited by Vic Lowry, Starburns production by Land Romo, transcription services for the show provided by Transcribe Me, a premier internationally used transcription service. Use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com to receive an expedited service. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? Oh, my God. I don't think Bonnie understands how to do a trivia contest. No, it's, it's, it all seemed very Bonnie-centric. Well, no, it wasn't that. Um, well, it was. at, at least for that part, she was asking questions. Right. But no, later, when she, when she had to make up one on the spur of the moment, <laughs> you know what? Yeah. I, I think she got help from somebody with the first part of it because... When asked to just you know make up a tiebreaker question, she she had no she had no idea how to do it. She had no idea. Honestly, I'll tell you something. It's another pep club effort. <laughs> <laughs> I think the pep club deserves credit for this entire episode. But I was president of the pep club. You're not I in know, this part, buddy. Just wanted to clarify. <laughs> doesn't yeah. doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Remember, in this section, you you just you're not. <laughs> it's our only body wanna, free zone. They don't, you're behind the curtain. Okay. Now. <laughs> yeah. A podcast network. Hey, everybody. As longtime listeners know, when Helix Mattresses first started sponsoring our show, Bonnie Burns somehow got the drop on me and made off with the first mattress. But in the intervening years, I have gotten myself a Helix Mattress. I've had it for almost a year now, and it has improved my sleep. It has improved my life. I could not be happier. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection, which I have, the newly released Helix Elite collection, which is a mattress designed just for big and tall sleepers, and they even have mattresses made just for kids. Now, if you're like me and you were a little nervous about trying it online, or like Paula, who was screaming in fear of buying a mattress online, don't be. The Helix Sleep Quiz takes into account your individual sleep preference to match you and your partner with the perfect mattress. I took the quiz and I ended up with the great mattress for a side sleeper, the Helix Midnight Lux. Take my word for it, everybody. The Helix Midnight Lux. Oh, don't want to take Adam's word for it. I don't blame you. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and... Two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula and use the code helixpartner20. This is their best offer yet and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Paula. Paula, I invited you over, but (laughs) you fell asleep. Helixsleep.com slash Paula. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code.